Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. It's episode 533. We've got a small but powerful panel here. Uh, um, Spencer is giving me great grief and Sunny joining in, but um, at least they, at least they um, showed up. Uh, um, but um, we've got some good stories. Um, I think it's going to be a great discussion. So, Sunny, would you like to quickly... In- Introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers. Yes, my name is Sally Getch, the WP Fangirl Organizer of the East Bay WordPress Meetup. We're looking for an October speaker. All right, there we go. And um, I've got Spencer. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Yes. <laughs> Lost my voice. No, uh, it's Spencer Foreman from launchflows.com. Um, and before we go into the main stories of the week, WordPress and technology stories, I'd like to talk about one of our great sponsors, that's Kinsta Hosting. Kinsta only specialise in WordPress hosting. Um, they've been sponsoring the show for a couple of years now. We host the WP Tonic website with them. Um, superb hosting supplier, supplier and they provide all the bells and whistles. If you've got a WooCommerce website, a learning management, anything that needs those extra resources, you should go over and have a look at Kinsta. All their sites are hosted on the Google platform. Superb speed, um, superb support. Um, There's not much I can say. So go over to Kinsta, um, have a look at their packages. I suggest you should buy one for yourself or for your clients. And the main thing is tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic website. So let's go into story one. W3C selects craft CMS for redesign project. And I put two stories, one about the reason why they rejected WordPress and the other one um, about why they chose Craft CMS. What did you think of this one, Sally? Well, you know, when I saw the uh, news come out, uh, I was intrigued. And, uh, uh, you know, of course, uh, uh, it was predictable that there would be a bit of WP drama about this. Uh, I remember seeing the... the, um, RFP that W3C put out. And I thought, yeah, that's not intimidating at all. Build the website for the people who tell you how the web is work, how the web works. And, um, you know, they provided a, a number of reasons why they did not um, uh, uh, choose WordPress. Uh, and uh, people seem to have, you know, homed in quite a bit on, uh, the Gutenberg accessibility issues, uh, some of the articles I read also said, you know, there's the internationalization uh, component. Um, there's uh, the fact that if you have a, a, a sort of smaller uh, team uh, where it's sort of clear who's in charge, uh, that working with them uh, might be easier. Uh, there are people who are like, oh, but open source, you should be, you know, you should be committed to open source. And, and you know, 
we want an open web. That doesn't mean everything on it has to be open source. I'm in favor of open source software, but it's also, you know, if this is what they thought um, was going to get the job done best for the uh, purpose of the job, then that's what they should use. And if there are, you know, they've conveniently um, handed us some information about what, you know, we collectively, the people who who, who make and use WordPress, uh, could do better. Uh, and that's worth paying attention to and, and not just brushing off and yeah, making what, excuses. What do you think was some of the main things that they were saying that WordPress could do better then, Sonny? Uh, you know, it... it what they're saying is that, it, you know, that although a lot of the accessibility issues with Gutenberg, and, and let me make it clear, that's not so much with Gutenberg on the front end of the site for the visitors, but with Gutenberg um, for the person building the site, uh, that they, they've fixed a large number of the issues that came up in the 2019 uh, accessibility audit. However, Gutenberg keeps changing and new bugs get introduced, it's, right? Isn't that like the truism of all software everywhere? You, you fix one bug and it introduces seven more. Um, and so, you know, it's, I love Gutenberg, but it is immature. And if you want something that operates on a, you know, consistent basis that uh, is going to be comfortable for the people who have to, you know, write all those specs and things to use and is going to be something that uh, is easier uh, to internationalize, then maybe WordPress right now is is not your choice. Um, mm. So what do you reckon, Spencer? <laughs> this is the chickens coming home to roost. And yeah. instead of like last week's store where Matt Mullenweg is arguing with the Jamstack guys over what cool WYSIWYG JSON thing on the front end, maybe you should consider the fact that there's, I see three very clear problems that were the reason they didn't get chosen. Number one is that all the people in WC3, or W3C, excuse me, are vintage people. Let's use that word like ourselves. They are people who are not interested in What's the latest way you can cock up the interface of Gutenberg to make it impossible for me to do something, which is still going on forever? Number two, a large, non I don't know, distributed, if you want to use that word, team of open source developers who are not centrally motivated, not centrally organized, not centrally led, are not a great team to rely upon for fixing bugs like that 13-year-old bug that doesn't allow you to use duplicate category slugs. If you're going to build your new setup and you can't get 13-year-old tickets fixed, maybe you should go with a smaller little CMS that is responsive. And third of all is the fact that, like, quite honestly, accessibility on a platform this large that is still not fully addressed, even though they put it on the front end, it's kind of inexcusable because you're starting off with a handicap right off the bat, even if it's not like 100% inaccessible, the fact that that's still a conversation. So I find this... Not like I want a schadenfreude against WordPress.org, but I kind of do because this is the kind of bullshit that if they spent a little bit of their time and effort on could have been cleaned up and then they would be celebrating that they won the contract from W3C and they would be celebrating how all these other companies who are maybe of 50-year-old people and up would be coming to use this instead of trying to figure out you know, the double finger swipe to the right and up and down thing that you have to do with Gutenberg to find a menu item. or. Lastly, because I still work with this every day, 
every single client that I have as a consulting client who's a business owner, maybe they're not 30 years old or 40, but they're not exactly old either. Every single one, we have to go right over to the repository and let's do a couple of things. Let's install a classic editor, over five plus million people served to replace Gutenberg, and then a bunch of other things to remove and so forth. Maybe if they just fix those basic premises, we wouldn't even be having this reason to, to harp on them every week. Not that they listen, but I'm sure somebody out of the audience cares about this. Yeah, but uh, I was interviewing um, Jamie Marsland of Poodle Press um, yesterday, and they've got a number. He does a lot of training um, remotely now, but he used to do it until the pandemic. He used to do a lot of face-to-face training in small groups around the UK. And he was saying to me, he was saying that, you know, when you get a group of people and you show them how Gutenberg works, they love it. You know, they absolutely, you know, that's what he was saying. He's saying the kind of results that they can build out in one day, they could have never done using the, the classic editor or, you know, it's just, it's on a different planet. I think it's interesting because there's nothing wrong with the mechanics, like whether you can't do something in Goomberg. The issue is, A, I still find it troublesome that they have obfuscated or hidden certain key Mm -hmm. things. Like when you save a a layout, why isn't it just right at the top? Click to pre, click to view this page. You have to go inside of the block submenu and open up like three or four white things that all look the same to just find that. That by itself is enough to just say what. The second part is, please, dear Lord, put some space in between the various things on the right side so you can differentiate because I don't have vision problems per se, but it's kind of like, there's one plugin that we use all the time on the regular WordPress admin editor. It is one of the greatest free plugins ever by Janice Dels. It's the admin menu editor plugin. What is the one thing I use it for? Is to just immediately alphabetize the admin menu on the left side. Why? Because when you teach somebody over the screen, I'm like, use the products link. No, products link. Go P. It's P. Go down. If it's not in alphabetical order, people are lost. Now, should that be a core thing in WordPress? Probably. But it proves to me that just alphabetizing, just names, makes it easier to use. So on the other side of Gutenberg, on the right side, you've got all these different things that you don't know what they do, and they're all like minimized, and they're all one color. It's like, for, for God's sake. So I say this every week. I feel like I'm a, you know, like a broken record or something. There we go. Get over it. I have. Get on it. Um, so... Um, on to the next story. Um, this is from The Verge. It was one of their mega stories. You know, when they do these investigative report articles, they do delve deep. It's like war and peace. And, uh, it's um, hype man of the century. Hype man of the century. So I know it was a bit war and peace, and you probably skimmed Reddit like me, panel. So Spencer... I'm taking a hard pass on this story. I started reading it and I, I fell asleep. I woke up an hour later and I realized. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, it, it's, it's, I, 
I, you know, I, I confess, I, I, I did skim it, and um, well, you would have I was, to. My God, it goes on and on and on. Well, it, yes, it does, and there wasn't enough time to to uh, to read yeah. it in depth. Plus, I haven't had enough coffee yet. No. Uh, but I, I was curious if there was something specific that inspired you to to uh, to add yeah. this to the list. Exactly. I was, str- I was struggling to find any decent stories this week, and normally <laughs> these in depth. Right. Uh, uh, are normally pretty good. Um, so I skim read it. I skim read it twice, actually. Now, I, I came to the conclusion, apart from them basically saying that son, this this geezer that bought BitTorrent is a bit of a shyster. Um, big news, you know, <laughs> shyster, um, Silicon Valley, you know, um, stun, stun horror, you know. But I think the other thing they were trying to point out is um, you've got to understand what you're jumping in bed with when you're dealing with a Chinese or Russian owner and their idea of what capitalism is compared to the, the Western mind is, a, you know, what goes on in China and what goes on in Russia as as kind of and I hate to use this phrase because I don't even believe it myself, free market capitalism, but we've got to use some terms, haven't we? Um, their idea of that is a totally different concept than American or Western European concept. Well, do you, am I on the right track, Sally, or do you think... Well, I, I, I don't think there's any disputing that statement. Um, I mean, it, it is... Uh, Interesting. Uh, you know, uh, where have we heard stories about people operating on megalomania and bullying before? Hmm. Uh, I wouldn't. I would know. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I mean, I must have missed the news that anybody had acquired BitTorrent or that BitTorrent was even like a thing that could be acquired. Uh, 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 and I love have- the description of the office. You know, it, you know, it's a place that not too much was going on. You could just get your paycheck, and not much was going. I love that. Uh, well, it is. I mean, you know, it's a it's a demonstration of the uh, the degree of success you can, and the whole. Um, Emperor has no clothes. Uh, scene. Uh, which is a lot of sort of the valley and and the software and the um, you know if we go back to uh, WeWork and what's his lips and that you know the the complete shell game and so uh, you know it is a it is a place where something like that can flourish. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, the only thing, that, you know, they could have said it in a third, you know, it, I don't know how long the piece is. When I first chose it, I didn't realise how enormously. I started reading the beginning and I thought, well, yeah, this is probably one of their in-depth pieces and they've been quite good. Um, so I added it to the list and then I continued and then I continued and then I continued and I realised <laughs> There must be over 10,000 words in this piece. And I think you could summarise it in a, in less than a third, couldn't you? Uh, yes. Well, it, it, it is. Um, yes, here we are. Pa- paragraph that uh, uh, lines up what uh, 
had crossed my mind already. Sun had more in common with another powerful American, which earned him the moniker the Chinese Trump. On at least one occasion, Sun fawned over Donald Trump's marketing at a meeting. A former employee also believed both had an affinity for dictatorial power. Sun only selects yes-men for his inner circle, former employees explained, so they stake their future on him. One compared Sun's apparent insistence on loyalty to Trump's control over the Republican Party, except Sun is many levels better than that. Uh, basically, I've got to apologise to Spencer. I should have found a fucking better article. <laughs> This is actually, uh, actually this, here, John, this, uh, from National Geographic, this breaking news that a mouse was found atop a 22,000-foot volcano. A volcano oh, yes. The, like, you know. talk about that. Animal at highest altitude. Um, <laughs> it might be more interesting than the story about this guy, but. No, yes. no, well, it's no. it's not it's it's not that it isn't interesting. It is it is just a little bit. Where are we going with it? Uh, unless um, you know, uh, I, no, I, I don't. Is, I don't think the uh, uh, enough uh, enough uh, Silicon Valley CEO is a douchebag. Uh, right. Yes. Big surprise. You know? Yes. This you is know, news. God of art. Well, let's <laughs> yes, well I, I mean, un, unless we think that you know Matt Mullenweg is studying to. Uh, <laughs> Following yeah. those footsteps, no, it matters not. not. No. Let's do, let's do the jetpack nine point oh. Yes, it's on to that jetpack. Let's go. What do you reckon the about the jetpack? Eats the world story. Yeah, yeah, what do you reckon about this one, Spence? Is this more okay, to your so, taste? Again, uh, the basic of the story is that there's a new feature that'll allow users to. <laughs> it's funny because Morton keeps coming into my head when I read this. Will allow blog posts to be shared from WordPress as Twitter threads in multiple tweets. In layman's terms, you post a long blog post and presumably separate each paragraph, and it will just auto-split your paragraphs and then tweet storm the crap out of them. Yeah, that makes a freaking effective tweet. A couple of things that are interesting to me about this. A, I seem to recall, it was like two, three weeks ago, that um, WordPress and Facebook got into a slap-facing contest over, you know, uh, auto-authorization or O-embed. I can't remember. So uh, oh, Yeah, O-embed. O-embed. Right, so, and that's still happening. So flash forward. Imagine <laughs> going into election season, they turn this thing on, and Jetpack <laughs> becomes your tweet storm slash shitstorm generator for anybody <laughs> who opens up a free blog post on WordPress.com. And leading into our other story about 6,500 things removed from Facebook. Oh, they're so, just going to move over to Jetpack, aren't they? You're your Ukrainian writer, left-wing, trying to promote your political ideas, hate speech, whatever. You create a free WordPress.com, put in Jetpack 9.0, turn on this thing, blast the if crap out of If it's WordPress.com, surely Jetpack is already in there. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Very good. You just use it as a spam the crap out of your, you know, your new Twitter handle thing. How long do you think they're going to leave that API open? Over at Twitter, Jack Dorsey's already got his finger on the button of this API. Probably, well, it's 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 really it's just, in- just dying over there. Isn't it? it's, well, it's 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 very interesting because um, you know just before the news about the Facebook and Instagram 
OM bed stuff, which will be a notable inconvenience for a lot of people. He's been dragged in front of the Senate again with the rest of the um, the shower. Isn't oh well, he? you know, next they'll be nominated they, for they're Supreme enough, Court they're justice. Having a, they're having another little journey up to the Senate, aren't they, to get a balls in after? But I suppose you've got to earn your money somehow. So if you're earning about a hundred million dollars, you can put up with a boring morning in front of the Senate, can't you? Uh, well, uh, uh, probably anyway. Yeah. Um, or you can, they don't well, even know what the fucking internet is. They don't regulate it. <laughs> yes, this, that is uh, always an issue with politicians and, and technology. But you What's know, that it was, we can actually send information across the the wires by light speed. <laughs> uh, yes, well, well, that was you know that famous like. A series of two. Oh, um, you know, I'm getting close. I'm going to be one of them pretty quickly. Oh, uh, well, yes, have I mercy, mean, have mercy on my soul. Let me. Yes, the, it, it is true. Um, we're old. Crotch, you idiot. Uh, but uh, you know, right before the <laughs> announcement about um, you know Facebook and the OM bed, there had been an announcement about Twitter opening up its API further for developers, which. You know, the fact that they closed so much of it down uh, is, I think, part of why Twitter, you know, stopped growing in the way that it had been initially. But but the only thing, this idea that Jetpack's going to be the secret truth and all, when I look at these stories, I just think this thing is just growing and growing and ugly. Well, it is getting to be, you know, know, Jetpack just becomes more and more of a monster. Multiple different directions. It just becomes the problem is if you look at the people commenting on this one, unlike a normal story. The, the comments are about insiders, including, it looks like this Jesse Freeman. You're not going to mention Otto in this, are you? No, he's not around anymore. He's gone into hiding. Maybe he, oh. maybe there's a reason. But Jesse Friedman looks like he's the one in charge of the business development of Jetpack and so forth. So there's a crew of certain people that have taken, hey, good for them. They're younger. Maybe they've not seen this before. Let's take all these ideas and think that, like we used to, before we knew better, that everybody is going to do good with them and it's going to be a great opportunity. But I don't think, anybody of that age or experience can have the foresight to see where this is going to go because I've, we've all of us seen this for two decades now of, Oh, if everybody can share this, Oh, if everybody can open up, Oh, if everybody, no, uh, yes. it doesn't work and, that and, way. Yes. Yeah, since the dawn of the interwebs, you know, a, a lot of what everybody has shared has, has been, you know, Bullshit, hateful. It's the wall it's the walled garden problem. The problem is not that people generally aren't good. It's that when you're talking about it, one dominant platform to another connectivity of sharing data. Sure, the one wanting to share their stuff thinks it's the best thing in the world, and so does their business development developer or something like that. But the people on the receiving end who have the API are like, I don't think that's going to work out so well for us. Click, closed. Why we keep repeating the same belief system of thinking that like interconnectivity between Facebook and this or Instagram and that or Twitter and WordPress is going to work is ridiculous because we're so beyond that. Plus, it's compounded by the problem of people's behavior in social media. The reason we can't have nice things anymore, kids, is because you guys all turn into, you know, douchebags and use it for ill-gotten gains. And so none of us... Well, every technology is used for (laughs) ill-gotten gains. However, of course, the platform that you're connecting to, if it sees your connection as not being beneficial to them, 
is not going to maintain it. And so it's where it's like, well, okay, hey, if you want to do some of this stuff um, and integrate it for fun or for for somewhat expanded reach or for whatever, that's great. But you can't depend on it. You're going to take a story. You're going to take a blog post. Let's say you take, I don't know, one of those like. uh, If I write a blog post, it's just totally not meant to be a a, a Twitter you know, a tweet. Imagine a scenario. You take it for political reasons or even like ill-gotten, you know, taboo sexual thing. You take some long-form provocative penthouse forum story. You post it as a blog post. And then a a tweet storm, paragraph by paragraph, keeps spitting out. That's what people are going to do with this kind of stuff, right? And then what happens? So they have to start making up all these new rules at Twitter that say, well, you can only tweet this many things in a certain time frame or only this many things that don't have a real person's signature. Oh, you got to put a captcha on to make sure you're really a person. Like, then they have to build all these rules to prevent people from just putting war and peace onto their blog post and jamming it into Twitter because Twitter doesn't need that stuff and it's bad for Twitter's readers or users. And that's where the problems come because it's like, any kind of AI or bot or, you know, abusive thing always has to be shut down on the receiving end, you know, because it's never good for the ultimate platform. Right. It's- Although I will say if, it, if it's publishing them as a thread, you know, when I look at Twitter, you see the first post and then there's read this thread. So you're not getting like the whole spew all over you. Uh, yeah, but I think we're missing the point before we go to our break. The point is is that Spencer's partially right. But it's a combination of the idea linked to the idea of um, that you don't have to have any kind of editorial control over what's posted, which like, platforms like Twitter and Facebook didn't want to do because it costs them money and it also legal um, liability. So right. the idea that you could anything like a forum to Twitter, anything where Well, you, yeah, that's the thing. It's like you can delete comments, but if you edit them, if you, I, I mean, you know, it's it, it, the, the liability lines there have been one reason for, not policing things in certain ways. And you know, then- any forum, no Spencer's, you know, anything, any forum, co- you know, allowing comments on your post, anything. If you, if you don't m- moderate it and edit it, it just becomes a shit fest, doesn't it? You and, know? and then people turn off comments. And I saw a post uh, recently uh, where somebody was saying, you know, hey, here's what I'd like to see in uh, WordPress comments. Uh, you know how how I'd like comments to work, um, and time machine back to five years ago or when? Was no, it? it's actually it, it's what it was. I'll drop this in the chat. Um, I'll give you an example. There's a couple. I watched their YouTube channel. It's a, a couple that moved to Ecuador, um, you know, to set up. You know, retired to Ecuador basically, and they, they, they got this blog, and it's the most inoffensive stuff you've ever watched, right? But, you know, um, when I want to relax for 10 minutes, I just want to watch something that's, you know, that doesn't strain me too much. And so they're a nice couple, and, it, and they, they're from Denver, and they moved to Ecuador, and they were saying they get in the comments that they're commies, that they're traitors to America because they moved to Ecuador, you know. <laughs> that's, you know that's, that's at the heart of the problem is when you think of what's wrong with comments, those of us, again, who've been through this, is that 
bad behavior is the new norm. Remember we had that thing many, many months ago, we talked about that small community in Colorado that did the experiment where everybody knew each other and you had to use your real names to talk mm -hmm. and everybody acted the way that I think we believe the internet was supposed to be. Well, now when people can do anonymous commenting or snarky, whatever, there's no purpose to comments because it's either spammers or snarky people. The normal people don't bother. Plus with social media, there's an easier way to get your opinions out. Comments are just unfortunately a clever little toy that was a place and time useful that is no longer useful. And it's interesting. Well, that it's, that I mean, I have a client that still gets a lot of blog comments. They ask for them. We moderate them carefully. They have a statement that says, you know, basically yeah. solutions focused comments are welcome. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the podcast host uh, reads them and, and responds to them. But that is the exception among um, sites. The, you know, I, I haven't uh, posted anything on any of my blogs recently, but, you know, it was usually the tutorials I got comments on and they were questions about, you know, uh, further use of it. Um, and other than that, yeah, you know, reams of spam. So I think they have a place and that, you know, the... Um, uh, article uh, that Jeremy Felt wrote about, you know, what he'd like to, to see happen with comments, that one of them was, you know, that there was an opportunity to have private comments that, uh, you know, would be something that, that was not like deleted or uh, draft, uh, but just not uh, shared with the public. Mm -hmm. um, that's and like, that's what Facebook groups are for, and Slack and direct messaging. We yeah, all sure. have. Well, yeah. I think we're going to go for our break now. We'll be back in a few moments. Got a couple more stories. I think they're reasonable stories. So keep with us, listeners and viewers. We'll be back in a few moments. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WP Tonic as your trusted white label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WP Tonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no question asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WP Tonic's white label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. We're coming back. Before we go into the other stories, I want to mention one of our great sponsors, and that's Groundhog. Groundhog is a native CRM. What do I mean by that? Well, it's basically a plugin which works as your automation partner um it does anything like what any of the major SaaS crms but at half the price or less it's feature rich um getting even more feature rich as the months go by it's something that's been sorely needed in the wordpress ecosystem Great um, CEO, Adrian, um, great team. I suggest if you're looking for a CM solution for yourself or for your clients, you go over to Groundhog, have a look at what they've got to offer. I think you're going to be blown away. Um, buy one of their packages. And the main thing is tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show. On to the next 
story on to the next. Uh, oh, yeah, another oh God, the cockroaches of the internet. Um, Facebook has removed more than 6,500 militia groups and pages. I'm, I'm surprised that the figure is so low. What do you reckon, Spencer? I mean, it's good to know that they're doing it now. It, I can say too little, too late, but it's never too late. So it's just yeah. too little... Better uh, yes, I mean it's a, it's it's Better a start, but with with <laughs> how, how many how many users are there on Facebook now? I, just, I mean, I don't think they could possibly ever keep up with folks creating things. Right, I agree. It's a cat and mouse game. So even they indicate here, and I want to relate this to other things such as gaming, Amazon. So Brian Fishman, who not the Brian Fishman I went to school with, but still he's honest here. I think where he's saying like. So what happens is the tactics keep changing, right? We remove the content under one name and then they just come up with another name and then just Right, it. it's like spam or malware. I read with uh, face, uh, Amazon, you know, we were talking many months ago, but if you want a game or review set, Amazon has things in place to kind of prevent gaming the reviews for your products. So what companies do is they just go find shills, straw men, and they give them money, go buy the product and say this bad shit about our competitor and good stuff about us. And there's nothing Amazon can do about it, right? And in the market we're in now, there's an unlimited supply of people that are hard up for doing anything, you know, to be paid for it. So the problem is not that the system has the tools. It's that the tools are ripe for gaming. So they either have to stop the tools from working the way they are or they have to have some other system. Like, again, let's go to that Colorado example. Tragic, but true, that maybe when we use online services, we have to have some kind of proof of identification to show that it's really us and use our real names. Boo-hoo for all the people that want to come up with those clever YouTube handles and then they say, you know, spammy stuff about people. But well, means- right, except the issue, the issue about anonymity, which, which absolutely makes people behave worse towards each other is that uh, if you have a good reason for people to not know uh, who you are, you know, you're out there in the witness protection program, you live in an, in, in an oppressive uh, country and, and you want to speak out against the government, you know, there are situations in, in which anonymity is not just uh, an excuse to be an asshole. I mean, that's true, but you got the problem of still being able to game that. So, for example, if you were really that messed up where you had to hide from the government, better that you pay your neighbor, you know, to post for you and let them use their validated account. I mean, you're really talking about the movie Minority Report here, right? You got to go get a new set of eyeballs put in so you can walk around without being identified all over the place. Well, that's what I've just had, didn't it? Right. But the problem we have is that These systems that we have, everybody's been talking about the dystopian nature of them. Well, we're seeing the fruits of that. And if, again, if if we had other panel members here in the past, like Martin, he'd be talking more eloquently that maybe this is a canary in the coal mine, that if we've reached the point, we have to think about whether you have to pay somebody to post for you or post or not, versus having hate groups just constantly flooding it. Maybe we should just shut it down for a while and use another system because as bad as it was... Well, as bad and then as then who's in charge of it? As bad as it was, Seth Godin talks about the gatekeeper phenomenon of marketing, which he was responsible for changing with email marketing. Granted, he was one of the founders, but he says he sometimes regrets that you used to have to pay to get attention through traditional gated methods. You had to pay an agency or pay a, a service or pay the TV stations or pay somebody 
to get access. And in doing so, your money spoke loudest or your identity spoke loudest. Here we democratize this so anybody can say anything to anyone anytime. The problem is we're not making you validate you're a real person so that you're willing to hang it on your own hat, you know, hang your hat on your own head. That's where I think the system is breaking down is that anybody with no cost can become a complete douchebag and even do lots of harm to other people. And I think there is. Yes, although it, it, it's not free to do lots of harm to lots of people. Anybody can get out there and be a douchebag. But if you have, you know, one, one follower, uh, that's not going to. No, you're just a troll in comments on somebody else's thing to be a douchebag. You don't have to have your following. You're the person who shows up on that YouTube video of some amazingly wonderful thing. 99 million yes, thumbs up. And you're the one that comes in and says some like political statement or some douchebag comment because you can. <laughs> and then your handle has nothing to do with you personally. If we didn't allow that kind of behavior, it would be, I think, more like that experiment in Colorado. And at the end of the day, yeah, you'd probably have to give up some of these, look how cool this feature is. But we keep seeing again and again how these features don't ever work out well. I think the main, I, I think you've made some good points there, Spencer. I think the main reason why they resist it, and it's so obvious, you know, especially with Twitter and Facebook, that you know you you should they there should be some system that you know truly identifies this is actually a real person, right? The reason why they don't do it is that it would they know it will reduce the amount of comments and. Exactly. And, and it's, it's... And ad profit. revenue. A, let's let's not forget revenue. that, it's a, it's a you know, the, exactly. the whole clickbait motivation. Sorry, I mean, sorry. I mean, I think we all agree. I'm not arguing. You are 100% correct. They realize that a larger percentage of their ad revenue comes from people arguing with each other because provocation through bad behavior, right? I say a name of you, you say a name back. Oh, now there's tons of engagement. And now we can sell this page or this video or this whatever for lots of ad revenue because so many people are engaged with it. But nobody really looks at the engagement as to whether it's beneficial for the people or for society. Well, doesn't that kind of go back to the, you know, the ancient newspaper adage of if it bleeds, it leads? Yes, but it also goes against the thing like uh, mixed together. You may not do certain things in public, like you may not scream fire in a crowded movie theater. That is a felony, publishable in most places by prison time. Why? Because we've made a judgment that that behavior, although it's still First Amendment, right, to say anything you want anywhere, has more harm than good. And I'm saying at a certain point, this thing is going to solve itself or it's going to devolve. But haven't we seen enough evidence that like, Giving people anonymous posting capability in all these social media networks is just creating way too much havoc and too much of an ill effect on our society, our politics, our religion, everything, you know. Right. On to the next story, story five. Uh, um, so, theme team. Before release. we start saying uh, <coughs> kids these days. Uh, kids these days. Where's Otto? Oh, all right. <laughs> God. Theme. Themes team released Webfront Loader, likely to prohibit um, hot linking <laughs> any offsite assets. We, well, we know what this is all about and where this is. Like. So back to you. Uh, I'm not, so, Spencer, what do you reckon about this? Okay, one? so let me set this one up. This is, where do I begin? Now, there was a day when the theme team was really a cool bunch of people. Emil Uzalak, 
who was the theme author of Responsive way back in the day that I built a lot of things off of, and I knew personally he was a Chicago guy, became one of the theme team people. He's no longer there. There was a time when there was a lower number of themes and a lower number of douchebaggery, and people would get their theme in there, and it would be useful. Now with page builders and blah, 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 first of all, let me say, the theme review thing is ridiculous anyway. The whole thing should be just shut down as a waste of time. However, this thing is about the fact that They've decided, although there's a billion other things to fix, and we talked about three or four really important ones, they're going to waste all their time with turning off the exception to the rule that allows you to hotlink to Google Fonts when you put a theme in the repository. So if you make a theme and it gets accepted, they allowed you up until now to get Google Fonts dynamically from the CDN, the Content Delivery Network, which meant that you didn't have to create this bloated as crap extra folder inside of your theme to hold Google fonts, which already exist online, optimized and updated always. So now what they've done is say- uh, Yes, although somehow it's all the Google stuff that seems to right. be, you so, know, that Google penalizes. Here's the punch. Here's the punchline. So now what they're going to do is, sorry, kids, you no longer can just link to this already hosted online network of optimized, even though every part of the theme itself has to go to outside resources for everything else anyway, whether it's JavaScript or jQuery or Node.js or whatever it's using. But Google, suddenly you can't do that. So now you got to take a big folder crap and put it in your theme so that somebody has a bigger thing. And they claim it's because of optimized and lookups and it's bullshit. It's because they just want to cut off a dependency for themes that will be in Jetpack's connection through WordPress.com or otherwise to Google. That is the only reason. They don't want to give link juice to Google. And that is it. That's my long story. But this is such a gargantuan example of how, my goodness, could the same theme team go in and fix the other things that are wrong with the themes or with the the plugin repository or with the, the accessibility or whatever? Why is this even a thing, taking away a perfectly working... Well, I'm not sure the themes team is actually qualified to fix those other things. I mean, anybody could fix it. They're, just, they're all working on the same thing. They're just doing a different aspect. If you can... But you yes, can, I mean, I, I, I found this... Theme, you could fix something else. Put it like that. If you're qualified I, to review a theme. I, I found this uh, completely baffling. And, uh, you know, Spencer's... Uh, explanation makes a, a degree of sense. I mean, you know, Google fonts are often a kind of a load of bloat. And if you have to bundle them into your theme, you're going to notice that uh, and maybe think about, uh, you know, how, how many of these you really want. But, you know, anytime you're doing some kind of, you know, performance check on your website, you know, one of the things that it flags is these, you know, scripts being loaded from outside, half mm-hmm. of which are actually from Google, right? Your analytics, yeah. your fonts, your this. It's but it's I've, it's I've seen a really, bunch of arguments both ways about whether you should load, you know, for performance purposes, whether you should load Google fonts locally or not. Um, and uh, it does seem like a, a peculiarly small and, and uh, uh, petty thing to be focusing on, even if the specific individuals in the themes team are mostly, uh, you know, here is our checklist of stuff that's okay in themes. We're going to check the boxes. Um, so uh, I think they're talking about performance a little bit, but I think they're emphasizing privacy. But both of these are red herrings because. This is a web font loader. 
So what happens is you're just preloading into this thing, I presume, one yeah, but the whole the whole theme, you know, I, I don't go as far as you about it being irrelevant now. Um, I can see why you say that, Spencer, but Adam from WP Crafter made a good point um, recently. He was talking about themes and he, he was talking about why you shouldn't, you know, why you really shouldn't use a free theme if it doesn't actually come pre-installed because you were saying a lot of people spend time on a, a free theme and they put it in the depository and they think it, it's going to fly and it doesn't and then they learn they're not going to make any money and it's not updated. Yeah. And... And the commercial ones, they have to go through this painful exercise and all this crap, half this crap. And I, I always thought, why why they didn't divorce have a, a commercial side and a professional, and you had to pay a fee to get your site, your theme checked over and get the kind of sticker of approval. Um, and that money could be reinvested into WordPress org, you know, so you've got more staff. So it's more of a professional. But that that was never going to fly, was it? So well, we spoke about this the last time when we talked about the problems with the theme review and so forth. We all talked about whether, you know, it was fair that Astra got shut down for blah, blah, blah. And then we talked about the fact that the trying to find a theme on there is a waste of time. Then we talked about why do you need a theme at all when the page builders, including Gutenberg, are there to eliminate the need for a theme at all. So I'm in favor of, as a premise, just shutting down the theme repository and calling it a day because it doesn't really do anything to help anybody like it did in the early days when you really had a choice between CSS and custom coding your, your thing in the, you know, learning how to do templating or not. Now, to be quite fair, and again, I'll refer to Adam, not to hold it against him. He, he's a YouTuber who promotes stuff. So he's promoting Cadence theme when yeah. his main business partner is Sujay at Astra. Oh, yeah, wait, yes, wait, board. wait, wait, wait. He stopped promoting Astra? I, I, yeah, I he promotes Cadence. And the reason is simply this, because they. I'm not harping on him. It's a fact. He's really good at what he does. He's a YouTuber. He's got a big audience. He tells people to use Cadence. But now that's odd because even people in the, the comments there are saying, well, wait, five minutes ago, you're saying using Astra and you're using it with you know your other product and so forth. The point is this, that there's no room for people to make a go successfully of a free theme in WordPress anymore. If you don't have a page builder or a block editor plugin that's a commercial one, what's the point? Cadence's whole purpose is to sell stuff. It's not like the responsive theme was when Emil Uzelak came out with it, that it was free and it went up to a million people. So I just find this like as a story, again, in the relative scheme of things, it's like, who cares? But if we're talking about like the actual story itself, this is funny because this would be something really good to just turn off and just say like, you guys are on your own. Just sell your themes and do what you want and then people can use them or not. But yeah. yeah, there is an argument because the present situation, I don't think he's serving anybody that effectively. So, I mean, this is just a yeah. hassle now. You got to fix all these themes that you had. Like you said, maybe you had a good theme and it was there. I guess you can leave it around. But like if, if somehow they interfere with the API indirectly and not in the theme itself, but just block the CDN addresses for Google, you're going to be stuck with like, now I got to fix it. It's my just theme. more work and it's more hassle, more work. Yeah. You know? 
it, it, it's, it, it, they just divorce from reality to some extent, aren't they? But, Which, by the way, right. that's the w, one of the reasons why the W3C said, sorry, Charlie, not interested, is if you're going to keep doing weird stuff that breaks stuff that was already working, then why bother? So. Yeah. Well, on the other hand, I, I think not using a commercial WordPress theme for any kind of commercial website is pretty lunatic anyway, but that's what that's that's my opinion. Um, unless you're employing a, a developer directly like Sally, you know, and they're well and Sally they, builds know, off of a commercial theme framework yeah, because yeah, yeah, yes, you yeah. want something that's gonna be supported and support costs money. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it it costs time and money to to, to do, and uh, you know, if you want something to to be around, you need to pay for it. Yep, truer words were never said. Um, so, on to our recommendation. My recommendation is a book, um, a really good one, um, which um, if I get my show notes up, I'll be bet- even better. The tyranny of meritocracy. Yes, it's uh, um, it's here. Oh, it's my show. There it is. The the tyranny of merit. Okay. The tyranny of merit by Michael Sandel. It's a great book, actually. I was listening to it on audio books. I was looking for um, an intellectual argument on what led to our beloved president and other things like. Britain leaving the common market and I'm not being satisfied with a coherent argument. Um, Michael is a, a, a philosopher and a pretty bright guy and he's wrote a, he's wrote a fabulous book that really, um, there will be a couple of links to an interview on YouTube and an article um, on The Guardian um, plus a link to his book. Um, but he really explains what he sees as one of the major reasons that have left that has led to this, and which is the really um, corruption of of education, and um, where it, originally it was to in, to lead to enlightenment and the improvement of of people. It now is used as a way of keeping people in their place and a justification for a. Uh, well, I mean, education was the property of the leisure class from the dawn of time. Uh, 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 but I think he's absolutely right on this whole concept of merit and what defines merit and the way that. Uh, incredibly privileged, wealthy people, uh, kids at, at Harvard think that, you know, everything they've accomplished is because of their own virtue, because they somehow can't see that, you know, they've had all of these opportunities and uh, uh, that other people didn't, or that we have, uh, you know, that, that there is generational wealth uh, at their beck and call. I mean, in, you know, those things are, are right, but education... Uh, as a path to social mobility is a fairly recent concept um, because you just 
basically didn't have an opportunity for education unless no, you were I, one I, of the I, I, I elite. You are correct. You, you know, in, in I, I mean, you know, spam of history. You are totally correct. Yes, the, 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 word, the word school come, comes from a, a Greek word meaning leisure. Yeah. So, Spencer, have you got anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? Yeah, uh, it's actually a free plugin. It's called, I put the link in there, it's called Better Notifications for WP. And what it does is it allows you to expand upon the current, you know, built-in email notifications for various things. And what you can end up doing is getting a certain degree of really nice internal transactional marketing or transactional notification instead of relying always on your on-site service. Um, so something happens, you can send out a notice about it. And it's really handy in addition to the other things like the status manager for WooCommerce or WooCommerce custom emails and especially WP Fusion connecting to your outside CRM or internally with Groundhog. It's just one more way to make use of the existing mechanisms that are in place of email creation, email sending, and things that you're doing in WordPress to give the users more of a custom experience and a journey um, and it's free with add-ons, but the free stuff is plenty clever by itself. And I want to say that the repository for the plugins is really outstanding when you use it in a way like this. If you take some core plugins, uh, I talk about all the time, right? We had our webinar about it. WooCommerce, for example. WooCommerce has all this like fundamental stuff. But if you then need one little thing, if you search for it, Almost always, there's a plugin that does just that one little thing you need different. And that's the way it's supposed to work. And, you know, like Legos, if you, you know, are building a certain thing with your kids and you need that one little curved <laughs> corner piece, like if you need it, you search for it, you realize that it exists. It just wasn't obvious in the main kit. And I think this is a good tool for that. That's great. Make sure the link is in chat. That would be really helpful. Indeed. Sally, you got anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? Uh, yes, actually, it's a plugin called ACF Companion. If you use uh, advanced custom fields, uh, and the one thing you're not so keen on is that the uh, interface for filling in the fields is a little old-fashioned looking. Mm -hmm. uh, this is designed to uh, help you uh, apply uh, more attractive uh, styles to your ACF fields, which if you're someone like me and you build custom blocks based on ACF is very appealing because then it looks more like the rest of the uh, interface. Uh, and uh, it is a uh, premium plugin, uh, but not very expensive. Uh, and it's got mm. styles for repeater fields and accordions and um, color pickers and uh, tabs and all kinds of nice things. Yeah, if Spencer, if you could put that into chat. That I put be... it in chat. All oh, right, great. I put it in both. Um, well, they're both great recommendations, much more practical than mine, but I, I was just listening to audiobook. I just and like to read The Guardian, which, by the way, I like to read too, but it's always Well, yeah, I mean, The Guardian is a good newspaper. Um, and you can read it without being... Yes, I mean they'll pop up these bright yellow notices mm. suggesting to you that it would be really nice if you uh, if you gave them money. But well, uh, you, guys but you can read it with the Guardian. It lets you read it with these other annoying ones like the Washington Post or New York Times. They let you read the title, and after one thing, it says you can't read it, which I find really odd, especially about certain topics like COVID or the politics. It's like wouldn't it be well, better? The New, York, the New York Times and the Washington Post uh, made all their COVID in, uh, post, uh, articles free. 
for everybody. Not as, not as of late. At least some of them seem to be slipping by. But it's the same thing like Apple does when your iPhone. If I wake up in the morning, I got my iPhone, I'm like, I want to browse in the Apple News or whatever. They, they want you to pay. We talked about it before. Well, we I, I, I just I just utilize the BBC app. Right. I mean, I thought you know, I would, obviously, there was yeah. a service you could pay one amount and get through all of this stuff, but we turned out it, it wasn't yeah, like- Right. What it does is it turns off the ads, which yeah. is nice because it makes it, but it still doesn't like make you a subscriber, which was, you know, unfortunate. That's the mm. next step. And I hope somebody does, in There's fact, achieve it. Right. Before we go, I want to uh, remind listeners and viewers, we've got upcoming, I've got upcoming webinar with the young Adrian, founder of Groundhog, on the, um, next Tuesday, the 6th of October at 9am Pacific Standard Time. We're going to be talking um, all things marketing optimization with an emphasis on if you've got a membership site and you want to utilize um, optimization to increase profitability. But we will be covering other areas. Um, also, if you sign up for the free webinar, you'll be able to ask Adrian any question that comes into your mind. It should be a feast of marketing optimization. How do you sign up to join us? It's quite easy. You go um, to the um, WP Tonic website and you sign up um, in the top navigation, it will say free webinar and you click and sign up. And I just realized you probably will be listening to this episode. After it's over? No, you won't actually. It will be just before. So I'm not wasting my time actually. Uh, um, so please join us and um, that should be a great resource for you. Um, it's a hot subject. Adrian's a, a real expert on it. He should be he built a whole business around it. So you should know what he's talking about. Um, also, if you want to support the show, go to over to the WP Tonic YouTube channel. Um, there's over 500 interviews there, uh, other resources plus training videos. Um, is a great resource. So go over there and subscribe. That would really help the show. We'll see you next week with uh, hopefully another great panel. It's been a small panel, but I think both my panelists have done a great job. And we'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.